For GreatWorld.net, I'm David Reed, and I'm here with Mr. Martin Garrow once again in his office. You cleaned out your Muppets. I did. The Muppets are gone, yeah. No longer Muppet fan? Or? No, it was just time for... And this is what the gate roll people want to know. It's just time for, I just needed a little cleaner look. I spend more time in this room than I do in my house. So I, 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 I thought I'd just spend a couple of days and, uh, you know, we repainted it and put some, some of my art up and then, and then some of the, the shots in the show. So. Is it a little bit bigger than it was before? No, no, it's just, there's less, there's less junk in it. So that, it, it, it feels like a much, much bigger office, yeah. People feel like I got a promotion when really I just took stuff out. Yeah. Also, I had a TV and VCR in the corner there, and I can't remember the last time I used a TV and VCR. So that was that was the end of that. Yeah. Well, we're just a few weeks in production on season five. Any early thoughts? Anything you're particularly excited about? How are things going this year? Um, well, this I mean, for for it's a great year. I mean, this is a uh, again, you know, a very focused year like it was back in, in season four. You know, we're not we're not trying to do two TV series, and we're not even trying to do a TV series and two movies. Like Atlantis is really the only focus. So that that's incredibly refreshing, and and you know, I I feel like. Uh, uh, we've really, uh, you know, it, uh, some people were worried that, you know, because there's great cost savings in doing a couple things at once, but we've really figured out, you know, uh, we've kind of uh, trimmed some of the fat of the production, which we thought we were like, oh, that's going to be a problem, but actually it's it's really allowed us to do bigger stories this year, and, uh, you know, the first few cuts that have come back, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Yeah. How did the season premiere... How's the season premiere looking? It it's excellent, if I do so <laughs> say so myself. Yeah, no, it's really it's uh it's a lot of fun. It's um uh it's you know, I really like writing those 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 big episodes that also have an enormous amount of heart and character in it and uh you know, I'm pretty excited about a couple of surprises that uh, hopefully we can keep surprises, you know, and uh uh I, I think it's I think it's quite good. Yeah. Is there anything you're doing differently this year from season four? Any lessons learned? Well, for me personally, this is I mean you know, as some people know, last year was a very very busy and difficult year for me because I uh, I was doing Stargate kind of Monday to Friday afternoon and then would fly to Toronto from Friday Friday afternoon work on uh, the, the movie that I was uh, directing Saturday and Sunday and then come back and start working so I was working seven days a week for about six and a half months there and so uh, at, it was uh, and traveling a lot I'm a super elite member on Air Canada I know you guys are American but uh, uh, it's, I flew over a hundred thousand miles last year and uh, you know I can't complain because it was I got to Work on my TV series here, which I, you know, I love to do with all my my friends, and 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 you know, I think do you know the best season we've ever done, and uh, and I also got to make a movie, which is an enormous amount of fun. But um, uh, you know, just it took a physical and emotional toll on me that I was kind of unprepared for. So this year feels amazing because I'm, you know, I'm just doing Atlantis. I'm only going to do about four episodes this year, uh, and then uh, just. Because there's more of us to go around, which is great, and it's uh, I, I really feel like we we have a lot more time to focus on our on our episodes. Like I wrote the season premiere, had a couple of months to do that, and now I'm working on the mid season two parter, and I'll have like three and a half four months to write those two. You know, so uh, I, I I really feel like all of our first drafts are a lot better this year, uh, not because we're better writers, but just because we have 
more time to like really think about them and you know it's good when you're in a rush you tend to just be like okay what have we done before and i'll add a little twist on that in your brain but you know it, it, this year I've, I've really i think all of us have you know when, when you're sitting down to attack a scene you know it's easy for us to just kind of go into like gear and just do it because just out of inertia you know this, this is how we do an episode this is how we write a scene this is how those characters talk and it, it's allowed us kind of pause to look back and go like Okay, well, we've done it like that. What's How can I still keep it Stargate, but maybe do... You know, so it, it's been a lot of fun for me. I'm trying to, you know, maintain that kind of uh, feel that no one will, you know... I think the shows just need to get increasingly more sophisticated in their storytelling, and uh, hopefully we've done that. Sweet. In what ways are you hoping to advance uh, established story arcs this year? What are you most excited about? Atlantis is an ongoing journey. Yeah, I mean, for you know, for me, it's always about the characters. You know, I I, I know I'm kind of a broken record about that, but it, the the all of the story arcs are just there to expand character for me, and 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 um and you know, it's it's important to tell great great stories, and and uh, you know, I think real combination of you know arc stories and 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 one offs. But uh, for me, you know, I just uh, we're 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 looking forward to. You know, episode 100 this year. You know, it's 100 hours that we've spent with, you know, well, at least three of these characters, and uh, um, you know, if for that's that's an incredibly satisfying thing. And so, you know, we don't want to make it feel like an end. I don't think, but there, you know, there's a there's a neat landmark to hit definitely in 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 your character's life. So we're 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 doing our best to kind of make everything feel like it's leading organically to that last episode. Yeah, usually the milestone episodes are somewhere in the middle of the season that you can do something I know. special with them, but in this case, it's a finale. What do you guys want to do with that? Do you want it to make it special and a finale? I mean, uh, you're probably already obviously thinking about it. Yeah, it's going to be great. That's all I'm going to say. It's uh, it will be very special and it's going to be very big and uh and you know, it I I couldn't be happier that it it's our season finale. I think that's great. I mean, like I really like that it's there's a roundness to it that I kind of enjoy that those first 5 seasons are 100 episodes and uh um and since I think probably never been done. I mean, it's no one does only 20 episodes a year. It's a strange thing to do. And so it 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 uh uh you know it's great because those are the episodes that you can usually convince people to give you a little bit more money for. And when, when it's, you're concluding, you know, not so much, it's, it's not even so much an arc for this season, but you know, you're, you're, uh, you're coming, we're coming full circle. Let me, let me, let me put it to you that way. Full circle. Yeah. All right. What's it like writing for Woolsey this year? I love Woolsey. I'm a big Woolsey fan. I mean, you know, uh, 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 I love, you know, I, I was very vocal in my wanting Carter to come over, and uh, uh, I think she was an in incredible addition to the show last year, and uh, to be very honest, we were, you know, really, really sad to see her go. It was a very kind of hard thing for the, for I think both her and us to get our heads around, <clears throat> you know, but... Um, uh, we definitely understand. I mean, you know, I, I, I you know, it, it's it's tough doing 
something for 11 years and then you know I think given the opportunity to do something else I, I you know I think we all we all understand that and wish wish her nothing but the best she'll she'll be a presence in the show this year too which is you know uh not necessarily it, whenever she's if she's not not even when she episode she's not in she's referred to you know and so um uh so that was difficult and so when when that finally looked like where there was not a situation that we could make it work for her to be in a substantial amount of episodes there was maybe 3 seconds of discussion about who to bring in i mean it was it was uh it was no doubt it was going to be Wolsey i mean uh, robert picardo is uh you know, not only an exceptional actor, but an, an exceptional person as well. I mean, he's just like, you know, we like to have fun here on the shows. Like, none of us really want this to be a rough time. We don't want to, like, enjoy coming into work, and we try not to, you know, do business with the jerks and prima donnas. And so uh, he's a guy that we knew that, you know, is not only good, but, like, really affable and easy to work with, and, and very we're very respectful of the work he does. He's very respectful of the work we do. And so it, it was just a no-brainer for us. Plus, I mean, it was just like, you know, it, it was, you know, I, I think originally the idea was that Weir was going to be kind of, the bureaucrat and you know Shepard was going to be you know the the you know the uh, let loose you know uh, loose cannon uh, military guy and just the way the weird character very quickly developed that that you know she was much more understanding in, of you know and she wasn't a, a company man from the beginning so of course she was going to go more with her gut than by the IOA rule book and so uh, but Woolsey is not that Woolsey is. A, bu- a bureaucrat, true and true, and I mean, you know, uh, and and also, I mean, like McKay, uh, bringing uh, a character that was essentially an antagonist in the series, and then making him the lead, you have to kind of, you know, bring him, cre- create some sort of mechanism where he's not a hole all the time, you know, and because now we have to embrace him as one of the characters that we have around, and so, yeah, no, and so Paul, I think. Very cleverly in in uh, the seed, wrote an episode that really kind of uh, uh, does not diffuse the tension that we wanted to bring over with Woolsey, but gives him a uh, shows a softness to him. You know, because the thing is, is 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 by the book, and you know, it works on paper. Is something that you know uh, is something. It's like easy to judge when you're sitting on Earth, <laughs> but when you're in the Pegasus Galaxy and people are turning to you with, you know, and it's all of a sudden life and death. So you know, sometimes the rule book just doesn't make a lot of sense, and you have to rely on yourself and and the people around you. And so I think you know, it, it, we've so far been able to keep that dance of having him still be not, you know. He's not an easy boss to work for, but I think the team is slowly growing to respect him, and hopefully our viewers will too. Yeah, you don't you don't want the the viewers to not like the guy. I mean, no, I mean you know McKay was the character everyone loved to hate, but then when you bring him over to be one of the leads in your show, you have to open him up in a way where people are like, oh, you know what? I kind of actually that guy is. I know why he's like that. He had a tough childhood, and he means well. He's just bad socially. I mean, you have to kind of do stuff like that with with Woolsey, you know. Mm-hmm. Where do you hope to bring this character by the end of the season? I mean, Ed, he's always been very kind of against 
the programs, the Stargate programs themselves, but at some point he's really going to have to root for them. Uh, I, I think I, I I don't know that that's that's the that's the case over the past year or so. I mean, like I think even in season the end of season three, beginning of you know, or and and the you know stuff in season four, uh, it's not so much that he's against the Stargate program. He's he feels that it's an unfocused program, I think. You know, like like even in The Last Man, which is, you know, given an alternate reality. But he's basically saying, listen, we, we came here to learn about ancient technology. We didn't come here to be the police of the Pegasus galaxy, you know. Uh, let's focus up and, and, and get on task, basically. And... Um, uh, and so I, I don't think he was ever against the Stargate program. I thought he just thought it was not being handled right. And so, but now he's in a position where they basically were like, all right, we'll put your money where your mouth is. And it's not as, you know, well, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, it's, it's tough being, and there's a, there's a, you know, a great episode called Inquisition, which is coming up later in the year where, uh, uh, he has to basically defend the program, and I, I think he does it very well. So, Sweet. yeah. Good. What are your thoughts on Jewel as a full-time cast member? Look, man, I, I you know I'm a big I'm a big Jewel State fan. I uh, you know I was I was one of the uh, you know the people that 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 suggested her in, in the first place to uh, to come in and be the doctor, and uh, you know it was it was it was something that we. Uh, Kind of realized very quickly that we needed to do in uh, first strike because obviously allies and lifeline were going to be <laughs> lost in space. So it would be it'd feel weird to introduce a doctor in those those. So it was the type of thing where I was like, okay, well, listen, we got to do this quick, and here's who I think it should be. We we we've been trying to find a, a place for Jewel ever since Instinct, essentially, yeah, you know, because the only reason we really used her in Instinct was because. We knew we could use her again, and uh, the cast fell in love with her. She, you know, she lives here in Vancouver, and so she actually developed a friendship with, uh, you know, a lot of people on the show outside of the show. Um, uh, sadly, one of those is, I mean, she's probably closest to Paul McGillian, which is, you know, that's uncomfortable. But um, uh, uh, so sh- she's fantastic. I really. I really think that I, you know, I don't. I, I know she definitely has her detractors still, you know, because of the whole Carson thing. But I, I think if 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 that had never existed, I think she would be a universally admired character. And and I just think she 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 really allows a perspective uh, that I, I I really find kind of uh, fun. You know, like she's incredibly competent and wide-eyed at the same time, and is uh, you know also not the coolest kid in the world and uh you know is is kind of really thriving you know working with the a team so to speak you know and so i think that character is you know was a very fertile character for stories and uh especially you know cuz the the trick with the show is that is that you kind of have to bring these characters in to revive not revive but to Give your older characters something new to react and interact with. You know, it's it's if you just have if it if we just did five seasons of just like Shepard and McKay banter all the time, it would start to feel old. But you know, if you, if you can work in these newer characters to the show, I really think it brings the show another life. And so, I really love what Jewel has done, and and uh, and we we look forward to kind of moving forward with that character. From your stories last year, um, which are you most proud of? Which do you think were the most successful? Which do you think didn't work out as well as you wanted? Um, 
Well, I think Beyond My Sins Remembered was probably one of the best shows the Atlantis has done, you know. Uh, and and it's funny because you know. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people were like, oh, you should do shows like that. Oh, you should do shows like that all the time. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, well, aside from the fact that it's probably the single most expensive visual effects episode that we've ever done, I think what people react to is that that was, you know, I think what Joe and Paul did so great last year is they sat down and were like, okay, this is going to be a 20-part story, you know. And Beyond My Sins Remembered is all payoff. It's ten episodes of setup, essentially, for Be All My Sins, remember. It's just like scene after scene of fulfilling payoff because you're like, oh my god, they're talking about the baby. Oh my god, they're doing this. Oh my god, Laren's back. Oh my god, you know, like, oh, we're gonna go kill the replicators. Todd, you know, Todd's, we're gonna go back to, there's just, it's like, it literally is all lead up to that episode. And, uh, uh, that was, it was so fun to write. Andy did such a great job. The cast is at their best. And Mark Savella, I mean, you know, deserves an Emmy, I think, for his work on that show. I mean, you know, aside from the space battles, you know, you go to a guy and say, listen, I want a giant silver blob to eat up a city. And he's like, I have no idea how to do that good. And I was like, well, that's, that's what we pay you the big bucks for, Mark. And so, uh, he really, I think, did a, uh, a phenomenal job. So, Beyond My Sins is definitely, uh, I think my favorite. I have a, a soft spot for um, Miller's Crossing just because I like all those guys. I really like, you know, my friend Brendan Gall who plays uh, Kate's husband, and uh, and you know, having Katie come up and hang out for a bit. Those are all people I just really like a lot. So that's just an excuse for me to hang out with my friends those episodes. But I I, I think that was a really great story. And then for me, Trio. I mean, one of the things to look forward to on the season four box set is Ivan Bartok did a great piece on, you know, Trio is the most logistically complicated episode both Martin Wood and I had maybe ever been involved in, you know, and it's just this little, it's this little episode that takes place in a room. People don't understand how phenomenally complex that episode was to pull off. It was supposed to be this episode that saved us all this money and turned into a one of the most expensive episodes we did last year and, and b one of the most complex. So I won't go into the whole thing, but the, this piece will do it much better justice than I will. But it's uh, so that was just fulfilling from a no one thought we could do it and we we pulled it off. Yeah. I have a couple of replicator questions. Sure. For you while you're talking about be all my sins remember. Absolutely. The first is um, you know when when the replicators in Atlantis in Pegasus Galaxy were first introduced. Um, Brad has described them as, as what he wanted all along mm-hmm. for, for Atlantis, maybe as the primary antagonist. Um, why why were they killed off so quickly? It's a little over a year, and now they're, uh, with one exception, gone. Yeah. Um, well, I think it was a great story, is why, to be honest. I mean, you know, uh, the tough thing about these shows... Um, is it's hard to feel, get a victory, you know, like a real big victory. Mm-hmm. And we felt like, you know, we had this great 11-episode idea where we, you know, or 12-episode idea where they, we attack, we take, we think we're trying to neutralize them. It backfires horribly, you know. We think, we, you know, we go, we like, oh, this this attack code, we turn the attack code on, it starts devastating human populations, you know, uh, and then at the end of the day, we ally together with basically everyone in the galaxy and take them down, and um, 
it just felt like really fulfilling. You know, like the the tough thing about uh, you know again a show like this is is if you have a main bad guy like you know like Battlestar can't destroy the Cylons, right? Like that's got to be the last episode. And for us, that's who the Wraith are. I think you know like we can't we can't ha- deal that finishing blow to the Wraith and not feel like well that's the story's the story's over. But those are phenomenally satisfying stories to be able to tell. And um, uh, so for us, again, just arcing the year out, we knew the latter half of the year was going to focus predominantly on Michael, and the front half of the year was going was to deal with the replicators. Also, you don't want to get into situations where, you know, like, for the Wraith, you know, like, we had to give the Wraith, uh, you know, we have, you have to escalate, right? Every, you have to win some, they have to win some. And, you know, you have to come up with reasons why you're winning and they have to come up with reasons why they're easier to beat. And, 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 you know, like the Wraith, it was, we had legitimate things, like they were being decimated by the replicators. They are, are in a civil war because of their food supply, you know, and, and so they're easier to deal with because otherwise they're overwhelmingly impossible to deal with. And the replicators, we've kind of felt like that was true for them. You know, like they, the replicators are amazing bad guys because they're invincible you know, to a certain extent, and need to be wiped out all at once. And so we didn't know how many more stories we could do where, you know, it was us rubbing up against them and us getting out by the skin of our teeth, you know? Like, it was like... At some point, it just... Yeah, it just... It's like, you know, then it diminishes the series and it diminishes uh, them as bad guys. And so for us, we thought, well, you know... We're gonna do this. Let's let's really do it. Let's let's come up with an eleven or twelve episode idea, where it they back us into a corner where we have no choice but to do this incredibly risky mission. And and uh, you know with the help of Todd and with the help of Laren and and so so that's why it just was a great story. I think yeah. So my second question about the replicators uh, has to do with that. The question is. And I take this back to unnatural selection. Okay. The introduction of human form replicators I look at in terms of the O'Neill philosophy. They're machines. Yeah. We need to to neutralize the threat. The Carter philosophy, well, they're They're sentient people. They may be sentient living beings. Right. Um, And it seems like at least from first strike forward, uh, Earth has sort of taken the the, the O'Neill philosophy that they're not people, they're machines. Yeah. Um, do you think that the replicators were or are in any way sentient? And if so, does that mean that we committed an act of genocide? Um, I, I think they are sentient. I don't, but you know, the problem is is that they were committing acts of genocide themselves. They were, you know. They had, their strategy was not just killing the wraith, which we have no problem killing, by the way. <laughs> uh, but they were they were they were basically taking out. I mean that that was my original idea for the the hot zone virus was was you know, uh, but it seemed too dark at the time. Was that it was a it was a way for it was a last minute ploy for the ancients to just they would wipe out human population so the wraith wouldn't feed and robert was like well the ancients would never do that and i you know uh, had to agree it just didn't seem like something the ancients would do and so then it was like well who the hell did this and so so that was always in the back of our heads and then once they kind of you know headed out on their battle against the wraith 
made sense to me that they would just start taking out human populations because they don't care about humans. They care about defeating the wraith, and the best way to defeat the wraith is to essentially take away their food supply. So uh, that can't be allowed to happen. You know, they they are sentient, but they they have no morality, and so. Uh, uh, if it's a us versus them type of scenario, I think anyone in their right mind would choose them. And and uh, you know, now that being said, I mean the the whole final scene of Beyond My Sins Remembered is a is kind of a listen. They're kind of still alive, but in a much more manageable form because there's one ship left. You know, so that's got a very interesting story coming up you know in uh, in in season uh, in season 5 that Carl has written and um uh well Carl can tell you about that one I don't know I don't know how much to give away um we've heard a little bit about uh, a somebody named Michael Shanks True. coming to Atlantis this year yes can you uh, give us any context for that visit, and does that episode have a title yet? Uh, it does. It's called First Contact. Uh, is going to be the first part, and uh, the second part is well, that title's still up in the air. So I'm not going to because that title is fairly telling. So I'm, I'm not going to say anything about that title. But um, uh, it's uh, basically the 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 premises is that um, Shanks uh, or Daniel shows up. In Atlantis uh, to do some research. He's, you know, been excited about coming to Atlantis for five years now. Things have finally calmed down on the SGC side to, uh, you know, to, you know, give him some free time. So he's coming to Atlantis um, uh, to do some research on uh, Janus, and that's uh, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, Janus! Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. time, the, the the yeah, the time travel guy. Yeah. Cool. It's not a time travel story. Oh, to do some historical research on him? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he wants to know more about him. And McKay finds it very frustrating because McKay feels like he's followed up any leads that are promising. And so McKay is kind of angry. And I think it's uh, kind of a done deal. Yeah, he thinks it's somebody coming over to check his work, basically, mm-hmm. and is is kind of n- not not the happiest that Daniel is uh, is coming to Atlantis. Also, McKay is very territorial, and he likes being the you know head ancient guy. And so, uh, but it's gonna be. Um, I think it's one of the best scripts I've ever written. So, I mean, uh, you know, I really, you know, both. Mark and Andy and I feel a great pressure to outdo uh, this mortal coil and be on my sins, so we are on our way, I think. What are some of the other stories you'd like to tell this year that, that are in, spooling in the back of your mind? Any Sundays that we can, that we can help push? Oh, man, I wish. I wish. Um, uh, you know, I... I uh, well, listen, people put, help push forward for Sunday, and then we're very upset that we did it. So I, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I feel like I co-opted the, uh, the fan base, and they were like, what? What, 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 what did you do? We helped you do this. Um, you said it was going to be a day off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, that's right. You jerk. Um, uh, no, I mean, I, I, uh, it's, it's been an interesting year because... Uh, uh, I've I've written the I'll write the season premiere and the, the mid season two parters which are you know big episodes and uh, and then I'm gonna do one more which I'm also gonna direct and uh, but I have 
no idea what it's going to be yet. I'm so kind of focused on just getting this two-parter really, really great. And uh, so uh, I'm not I'm not sure. But I think ideally it will be a smaller, quieter episode and save save some save some money. Yeah. I don't know. Has that been slotted in the in the schedule yet? You know what it, number it is? Yeah, I think it's going to be number fifteen. It depends. It it, it keeps moving around because I, I have responsibilities. Uh, the film is coming out June thirteenth in in Canada, in a, in, a, in a fairly wide release uh, before it comes out in the states, kind of uh, later this summer or fall. And so, uh, unfortunately, I I, I uh, you know I have to miss a little bit of work to go and. That's in the midst of a little controversy I've been reading. Yes, yes, very much so, very much so. Pretty, pretty insane. Martin Garrow bringing down the Canadian film industry. Single-handedly bringing down the Canadian wow, film industry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's a long story. It's it's all over the net. I mean, you can you can Google it, but it, it's uh, basically the you know my my uh, my film's called Young People. And uh, was given government money to, you know, with this, like every other film in Canada, American or not, has been given tax credit money. You know, it's a, it's an industry-wide incentive. But uh, certain, uh, you know, uh, groups that claim to have the interests of the Canadian family in in their, you know, uh, in their. Uh, in their mandate have taken issue and and so have our you know our leading government which is a you know conservative government and they uh so there was a bill introduced that would you know basically put a stop to uh films like mine uh being allowed tax credits and uh anyway it's a very bad thing and uh it's turned in uh, well, I'm sure it had to do with the content. I mean, but uh, I think I, I think the, I, I think that the the title was uh, the 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 title is I mean the title is very honest and uh, frank and <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and I mean I I I don't feel misrepresents the film either you know it's not like it's a showy title just to get people into the theater the movie is a frank discussion about about sex and and for the for the most part I mean you know. A lot of people are are the, that have protested the film haven't seen it, and if they had, if they take, they would find out that it's actually a a very you know, dare I say, sweet romantic comedy that whose you know main uh, focus is that our generation I think all too often has made uh, a real attempt to separate sex and love, and how completely impossible that is. And so the film is I think very funny. I mean, it's done very well, and it's 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 been pretty well reviewed. And, uh, uh, and, uh, it's, uh, you know, the audiences have, have seemed to love it, and we're, we're, you know, we have the, you know, they test these films to see how wide they should release them, and we're getting pretty much as, as wide a release as you can in Canada, so it, it'll be interesting, you know, it comes out June 13th, and it's, it's actually, oh, it, it's taken on a weirdly important significance, uh, outside of itself, you know, uh, that suddenly kind of showing, you know the Canadian government that these films are are, are definitely worth financing. So, but it, it is. I mean, it is a controversial title, and at the end of the day, though, it's it's ended up being the best thing for the film. I mean, it's gotten. I mean, the film is in the newspaper every other day, and you know, so it's uh, it's been a terrifyingly strange thing to be in the middle of. You know, like uh, I was. You know, I just made a movie. I like to. I work on the entertainment industry, and to suddenly be. You know, to suddenly have my views on. You know. Uh, government policy carry people people interested in that at all is a very terrifying thing. You know, I was I was on. We have a show called The National, which is like our 
national news and uh, like our, you know, the grandfather of news in Canada. And I was sitting there being interviewed and I caught a, a shot of myself on screen. And, you know, it's like you'd see, as a Canadian, you know, you've seen that shot 4,000. I was like, what am I doing here? This is not, no one cares what I think about government policy. There's no place for me. Anyway, that's, that's got nothing to do with Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think the chances are for Atlantis getting a, a year six? What preparations are being made for that end? Oh, uh, we'd like one. I mean, everyone everyone would really, 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 really like one. Uh, and it, it's really got to do with a couple of things. I mean, one, you know, our, how our ratings do. As of now, I mean, our ratings just went up and up and up and up in the back half of the season, which is, you know, very, very promising. And we're premiering in the summer again, which is, you know, very, very good for us. Uh, so... Uh, I think, and it'll be the shortest time between the end of a season and the beginning of a season in like three years, you know? So, um, which is tough for us because the production burden is, like, we have to shoot everything in order this year, you know, the, the visual effects are under a tight time restraints, but anyway, so, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's very promising. I mean, here, only four or five episodes into, to, uh, to season five, you know, but it's also gonna have a lot to do with universe and, and, and how far our universe is, you know? Um, universe is, uh, if universe gets picked up and goes very quickly, then, you know, people might feel like, well, you know, one Stargate show is enough. But uh, uh, maybe they want two, or maybe they want just to, you know, who knows? Who knows? Wormhole disengaged.